tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops. Stella! Hey! Hey, Stella! Stella! You got a real future in acting, kid. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back. This is our 222nd episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we start our sixth season and our first series of the year, Aging Action Star Flops, with a 2003 film featuring one of the most iconic action-adventure stars of all time, and maybe the first appearance of the Bieber swoop hairdo that would one day sweep the world. That's right, we are taking a trip through Tinseltown with Hollywood Homicide. I am your smarmy Homicide Division Captain, Blink Blake, and with me as always are the quick-witted veteran with one foot out the door, the Thunderous Wizard. Take this down. Cheeseburger, well done. Raw onion, pickle. Ketchup, no mayo. No mayo. No mayo. Does that look like mayo to you? No rabbit food. What is this, lettuce? And we have the hot shot with his head in the clouds and his eyes on the big screen, Captain Cash. Oh. Oh. I'm centering myself. Wow. Wow. It's really getting in the zone for tonight. It's going to be a big one. Points of order. You can find the show on threads, Facebook, and Instagram at hops and bo flops. Hollywood homicide is available to stream for free on max. Although at least one of us on the show tonight uh, has this in their permanent collection. Not even digitally. I hear an actual hard copy. Is that true? The Oxford Walmart was very thankful the day I bought this movie. Because I was probably the only person to buy this movie. I am thrilled this was on Max. Because if I had to pay money to watch this thing, I would be very angry right now. You're always very angry right now. And listener, I want to be clear. That is the the Oxford, Ohio Walmart, not Oxford, England. I don't want to give the impression that this is a podcast full of learned doctors and scholars. Uh, We're the... Ivy League of the Midwest, but at the same time, I think it's pretty common knowledge that Walmart is nowhere near Oxford, England. I don't think there's a Walmart in Oxford, England. You might be surprised. Yeah, don't don't put it past the Waltons. They are a, a very industrious and ambitious bunch. Uh, and while you might be, you know, Midwest Ivy, let's be clear that uh, the Miami University is not Harvard on the Hawking. But before we debate Mac school's academic credentials, let's talk beer. And tonight we are drinking Stella Artois, which is a delightful Belgian lager 
hardly a deep cut for our podcast, but obviously very appropriate for this movie. And if you haven't seen Hollywood Homicide yet, you should watch it. And uh, I'm sure we'll reference it at least a few times tonight. But Stella uh, and Streetcar Named Desire uh, features prominently in this film. Yes. And honestly, this movie is bad. Uh, I love it, though. So much like, say, uh, From Paris with Love, this is one of my guilty pleasure movies where the reviews stink, the box office stinks, but I will watch this movie at least once a year because I love it. I'm just saying, have either of you watched a streetcar named, like seen a production of A Streetcar Named Desire? Why would I need to? I've seen this movie. Excellent point. I just, (laughs) it's played as though he's doing a bad job. And at this point, it's become such a cliche. I don't know that you could do a good job. So in doing my my research for the cold open, I wanted to find, uh, you know, the, the script from Streetcar with the actual Stella scene. And it was so funny. I kept finding like audition, uh, uh, you know, uh, bulletins and so many of them were like you know the anybody that's that is uh you know trying out for stanley obviously has to do this scene uh this monologue for their audition but half of them made sure to put in parentheses no brando impersonations <laughs> and i thought that was <laughs> that was appropriate i mean yeah brando is a thing unto himself and once once he's done it, you cannot then replicate what he's done for fear of just being a parody, say, as in mafia movie. Like, yeah. okay, now I'm doing The Godfather. It's like, yeah. no, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Well, much like uh, this movie, Stella is a fine beer. It is, it is not much to write home about. It is an InBev products now, but... You know, I think it's probably most Americans' first Belgian Pilsner lager they've had their their hands on. It does come in at a Captain Cash disapproved 5.2 ABV. But still, for a Pils, that's not bad. It's not bad. You can have more than a few of these and feel great. Uh, You know, I think it's a great alternative to regular old American domestic light beer. It's way better than regular old domestic American light beer. I'm a Stella fan. I, I, you know, you do feel a little, uh, a, a little uh, pinkies up when you're drinking it because of the, the paper cap on the bottle. But other than that, you know, good beer. So yeah, Stella, you can find it everywhere. It is not hard <laughs> to acquire this beer. So, so get some guys. I know you've all had it. I'm not sure if you're drinking it tonight, but uh, how many, how many Stella, how many bad movies would you sit through if you were being Applied with Stella Artois, Captain Cash. Here's my thing. Stella might be my favorite pills, but if the bad movies are spaghetti westerns, out of respect to Stella, I'll 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 sit through three. If they are something else, two, two and a half. It's one of my favorite pills. How many Prometheuses would you sit through? Ooh. Oh, the age-old question. How, how many how many beers am I allowed to throw at the screen? <laughs> I mean, it depends on how many TVs you have to buy, I guess. I, I suppose at a certain point, my arm will get tired and then I can go back to drinking the beers. 
Uh, he does. How about you? Yeah. I, I would actually just like to see how many times he missed the screen. <laughs> but I would say this is three bad movies for me. It's a, it's a super non-offensive beer and it's very drinkable. Uh, or six Stella monologues. So... I mean, that, Deliver- I, I'm in it for one Stella monologue. But it's delivered by one. Bobcat Goldwith, uh, <laughs> okay. Gilbert, Gilbert Gottfried. Who who else can deliver the monologue? Okay, you brought me back in. Uh, I would accept. I would listen to Keith David do it. Keith David of this. Oh movie. my god, what a beautiful baritone son of a bitch he is! It's, it is incredible. Surely Cage has starred in a production of Streetcar at some point in his career. No, I. I- I well, cannot believe he has. I'm sure he's just it, put it on by himself, a la Jeremy Irons and Watchmen. Is uh, <laughs> you know he's just in his you know purgatory, putting on plays for himself. Got to do exactly. something to stay busy. Why not? Why not? All right, I, I'm and I'm with you guys. I'm, I'm at I'm at three beer or three bad movies uh, with Stella. Like you said, you can you can drink this thing all day. I I love it. It's a great beer. It's nothing to. Uh, write an article about but yeah i'm here for three movies so getting into hollywood homicide it was written and directed by ron shelton welcome back to the pod shelton is mostly known for directing sports movies including tin cup which i believe is his only appearance on the pod only appearance yep yep you know he's one of those directors that had just like was on fire for the early part of his career and then kind of faded off not too long after Tin Cup, really. Uh, just kind of a string of not exactly hits. But yeah, so so Shelton wrote and directed this thing. Hollywood Homicide stars Harrison Indy Ford as Detective Joe Gallivan and Josh Zeke Hartnett. Welcome back. And then we just have a banging ensemble cast, including the aforementioned Keith David, we get Master P, Gladys Frickin' Knight, and Smokey Robinson. Anthony Mackie shows up. Dwight Yoakam, as always, steals the show. Martin Landau, Lou Diamond Phillips, and of course, our baddie, Isaiah Washington. Great cast in this thing. I, Dude, you left corrupt out of there? Come on, man. I mean, I could have, I didn't leave. I took out, I left out Andre Benjamin. I, I was going to say, out, Andre 3000. You yeah. left out the guy who had the boner at the sock hop and can't hardly wait because he's in here. He's in it. It's a great cast. There's I had the biggest in this boner. <laughs> does does Mackie actually have a line though? I think nope. he says words. I think he doesn't I say think he says two or two three words right yeah, before like, they get like, shot. Like, let, yeah, like let's do it or something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, help him get a SAG card. Way to go, Captain America. We'll take it, man. Uh, good to see you here, Mister Mackie. So despite our very bankable leading men, because obviously Harrison Ford has been a superstar forever and Josh Hartnett was at the peak of his powers for sure in 2003, Hollywood Homicide was an absolute bomb. It did not recoup its $75 million budget. Where was that money other than our cast? Cocaine writer. Just real oh, big. It's the practical stunts, dude. Plus they had to, shut down little streets in LA. They did. They, there were multiple expensive. movies shooting yeah. in LA at this time. Yeah. Uh, I, I forget which ones they were, but action movies were shutting down the streets of LA. So yeah, I'm sure a lot of it just went that, like you said, practical effects, the chases. 
but cheese and rice, $75 million. That $75 million of 2003 money. Yeah. That's like, that was half a Lord of the Rings. It was a lot. Um, it only brought in $51 million worldwide. It sits at 30% on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience drop to 27%, which I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this is like the best movie of all time, but that seems harsh to me. This is bullshit. I think you hit it on the head with identifying the cast. When you have a Harrison Ford and Josh Harnett, who is not thought of badly, you expect a little more than what this is, and it is not more. Yeah. Um, the general feeling out there with the critics is that it's just not funny enough as a comedy. Although uh, apparently it was originally written as more of just a straight up action drama. And uh, it, of all people, Suge Knight was the one that came in and said it should be funny. I don't know why Suge Knight had any. Well, of course, the classically kind of pool. The classically well, I mean, well the bad guy Suge is basically Knight. him. Yeah. So. Right? Like, I mean, is it because Master P was in it? Like, I don't understand. I mean, like, it to me, it's like, is the person, the main villain of your piece that you are satirizing, that real life version of himself walks on set and goes, eh, what if it was a comedy, though? You should make this a comedy. Otherwise, it's too real to life. He, he just kept poking Ron Shelton saying, you know, I got away with that. Right, motherfucker? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, I got away with that. I, mm -hmm. I killed I killed these people. And I did not get arrested. You so better make it a comedy. You can't have the old white dude drop me off a roof. Just can't happen. Can't do it. And I think the other issue with this, with a lot of the critics, was that there were just too many subplots for this to be a compelling action movie. Oh, um, there's that. That is the huge knock against the movie, which yeah. I'm sure you'll cover in the plot. But holy shit, does this take a lot of twists and turns and... I mean, they do their best to bring it together in the end, but it really, yes. it doesn't feel earned. And we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the plot, but like the way the climax kicks off, it's just like, what? <laughs> oh, it's a totally what? Yeah. Like, oh, wait, wait, why? Huh? Oh, okay. Uh, sure, sure. Sure. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. yeah that's the mean, chase. It's, it's nice that we, we hate our villains that much more when we get to that point, but like, did we need to? We weren't confused about them being bad people. Yeah. So well, I, it's the, I, I it's don't the know. intertwining with the Mako thing. The IA thing just doesn't work because that adds 30 useless minutes to the movie. I, I honestly think that, and again, we'll get into this a little bit more later, but I, I think that there was a indecisiveness in how they were going to go about making this a comedy. If they were going to just straight up parody everybody action cop movie or make it its own buddy action comedy movie and i think like the ia subplot is because they were trying to make sure they hit every single trope on the parody angle but it didn't come across as enough of a parody and it didn't come across as enough of a genuine comedy so it's just kind of in this weird limbo spot sometimes anyway Let's get into our one sentence descriptions. Um, I will go first just because I'll get it out of the way because I don't think mine's all that good. So Harrison Ford is a funny but not great realtor. Josh Hartnett is a charming but not great pretend actor. Together, 
They're okay cops making an okay movie that I was ultimately okay with. Nailed it. Yeah. Captain Cash, what do you have for us? Okay, write this down. Tired premise, two bland leads, not enough jokes. So no mayo. Yeah, no mayo. I know, no. that's the problem. There was plenty of mayo in this fucking movie. <laughs> I, I would just say, hey, you know what's depressing and not funny? The fact that a cop has to have two jobs in your comedy movie, because that's reality. <laughs> I can't afford to live in L.A. I need to be well, a realtor and a detective. The The funny part about this is that there is a co-writer on this movie named Joe Sousa. And uh, our director met Sousa on a previous movie that he was doing where Sousa was the police advisor for it. And he liked him and he was helpful. And he ended up saying, hey, you're going to co-write my next movie with me. So the character of Joe Gallivan is based largely on this, this Joe Sousa guy who sold real estate for his last 10 years as a homicide detective on the LAPD. Now, I say that. I mean, I bet you know when houses go on the market pretty quickly if you're yeah. a homicide. Yeah, but right. I also, that's my favorite subplot of the movie. It's him answering the phone and doing the deals as he's in shootouts and chases and and being interrogated by Mako's crew of flunkies. Got to. So I do love that subplot, but... I mean, and it would work if that was one of the subplots. That would be fine. But there's a lot of them. All right, T-Dubs, what's your one sentence for us? Good cop, actor cop, solving crimes, dating babes, eating burgers. <laughs> That's the movie. Are any of them technically the good cop? They're both kind of the uh, shit. Gavlin is the good cop, okay? Casey Calden can't even hit the goddamn target. Thanks, Joe. All right. Uh, you guys want to get into the plot here? Should we do this thing? Let's dance. All right, here we go. Harrison Ford is Detective Joe Gallivan, who, in addition to being a homicide detective in the Hollywood precinct of the LAPD, is also a struggling house flipper slash real estate agent. And his young partner is an aspiring actor and current yoga teacher, Detective Casey Calden. Also part-time gigolo. TikTok yeah, is going to happen. I mean, come on. He's 100% sleeping with a lot of older yogis there's no way around that he doesn't know anybody's name he's a serial sex you know haver a serial sex haver <laughs> this dude where, where do you get them words fancy writer man this that's dude is, what, having is pri- <laughs> this guy's having private lessons in brentwood california a serial sex haver is that someone who tries to bang tony the tiger it might be he's great so do you think Detective he's K- great? Is Detective Casey Calden a character in one of Captain Cash's bodice ripper novels? Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, definitely the young, handsome detective. He's going to show up. Yeah. Slash Yogi. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we'd have to think of the title for the sultry cop novel that Captain Cash is reading, but we'll come up with something. I think so. I think so. Uh, hot yoga comes comes to mind. Uh, so some play on that. Work on that, gentlemen. We'll get back to that after our break. Lead so, in my gun, copper in my heart. Jesus. Oh, there's it's one. Good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Spread them. 
I like that one better. Assume the position. So together, our detectives are trying to solve a murder case involving a brazen nightclub shooting, a hit on up-and-coming rap group called H2O Click. Don't ask me why. Okay, if I have one quibble with the script of this movie, it's the god-awful rap names they came up with. There's Klepto with a K. There's H2O Click. What are some of the other ones? What what is Corrupt's name? He's got one. He's got another stupid name. I I don't even know. I they, they were bad. I tried to not pay attention to them. I mean, uh, then again, one of the H2O Click, his rap name was Chapa. C H O P P A. Chapa. Chapa. Get to the Chapa. Uh-huh. Got it. Captain Cash is there. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the manager of H2O Click, Antoine Sartain. Again, for legal purposes, not Suge Knight. Not Suge Knight. Uh, played by Isaiah Washington and his head of security, Dwight Yoakam, eliminate the hitmen from the murder. What? So the guys that just did the killing have now been killed. Gotta cover your tracks. That's how you do it. You so long, do it. Captain America. So Our long. detectives initially assume the murders are gang-related because racism. But while at the morgue, they see the bodies of the hitmen and deduce that the murders are connected and ultimately orchestrated. Meanwhile, some internal affairs detective, Lieutenant Benny Macko, hates Galavan and is trying to pin something on him. They have some old bad blood over a case or something, but also Galavan is stooping uh, Benny's ex, a psychic named Ruby. They're Ooh. not even they're not even exes yet. They're married. Oh, and she says he doesn't know it's over, but it's over. Oh. Yeah. So wow, Harrison that, Ford, that which by the way, the a lot better. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if you're gonna get to this, but we get two Harrison Ford sex scenes in this movie. <laughs> two, not one, but two. Harrison Ford at the age of 59, no yeah. less. Looking like, good, of course, as Harrison only can, but it's a lot. It's a lot. It's never enough. I feel like the eating a donut mid-coitus was a, was a little much. They do some role-playing. <laughs> Good cop, donut cop. Yeah. Are you going to bust me, officer? Good Bad cop, cop, sexy cop. Bad cop, no donut. <laughs> so, Lieutenant Benny's bullshit only serves to further bond Galavan and Calden. And during this bonding, we learn about Calden's father's death. He was a cop that was killed in a sting gone bad. His partner was implicated, but never charged due to lack of evidence. Here's the superfluous subplot, ladies and gentlemen. Here it is. Here's one of them. Is it the uh, internal affairs? Is it the (laughs) hooking up with one of your co-workers, I guess, girlfriends? Is it everybody's got a second job? Is it the gangland murders are connected? Pick one. All right. So here's your here's your romance novel title, by the way. You know, everybody knows a 187 is a homicide. What if we I call guess it? everyone does, sure. What if we called it 169? I was gonna I feel like that's a stretch, but I'll allow it. <laughs> it's an illicit title. Come on. It is 
That that has to go on the back facing end cap at the Barnes and Noble. Yeah. This is a bodice ripper, guys. Come on. So, that's right. It's back there next to the smut mags. So finally, Gallivan and Calden track down the missing witness from the crime scene, a one Oliver Robodeau, aka Cairo. There you go. There it is. Cairo. There you go. Uh, they get they, they find Cairo with the help of a very sexy Lou Diamond Phillips. Uh, who dude, is he, dude's got yeah. dude's got legs for days. Dude, walking walking the vice beat as yeah. an undercover hooker, uh, like only LD. Like only can Lou do. Diamond can. Holy <laughs> man. So when talking to K Rowe and his mom, a retired Motown singer, Gladys Knight, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Gladys Knight shows up. No mention of the pips. Uh, they are not present in the movie. Listen, they had they only had time for so many subplots. We cannot also include and so many random cameos. We had $75 million to work with. How much can the pips cost? 75 cents. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so they learned that uh our uh Sartain, not Suge Knight, was embezzling from his axe and got found out. So he killed the rappers that were threatening to leave his stable. And we also learned that Sartan's head of security is KC's dad's former partner, Leroy Wasley. What? Okay, so here's my thing. Did Josh Harnett's character not, like, recognize that immediately? Like... I guess his dad died when he was very young and but, the I mean, file was sealed. who his dad's partner was. It, it screams of rewrite. Like, oh, we got to tie this in somehow. And he's got to have something to do, too. Because we have two stars, yeah. right? You've got Harrison Ford. You've got him. They both need something to do. Logically, Harrison Ford is the guy who should go after the asshole who's been feeding Mako bad intel, right? And then you don't have to, like, write around all that and, and create conflict out of nowhere. Because it does come out of nowhere. But... He's also just the better actor. I like Josh Hartner, but Harrison Ford's the better actor. Like oh, his yeah. scene with Isaiah Washington, who is an asshole. So I don't want to give him any credit because he is an asshole. Wouldn't really work with Hartnett as well as it does with uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's no doubt that when it comes to who has the heavy hitting acting chops in this film, it's Harrison Ford head and shoulders above everybody else. But that pretty much goes to every single Harrison Ford movie as well. So maybe, yes. may, maybe not last crusade. Cause you get, I, I mean, don't sleep in, on Anne Haitian six days and seven nights. I bet well, she's, we'll, we'll get there later. You, you, you hold your tongue, sir. No. Even in Bruno, he was carrying the dramatic weight. Always. <laughs> Ford's got it. Man. Excuse me, Harrison. Fuck off. <laughs> so following the the big revelation that didn't really need to happen i think uh we can all agree on that we do get the best action of the movie with the car and foot chase which culminates in galavan fighting sartain on a roof because that's what happens in cop movies with suge Knight, uh, sartain falling to his death wasley ends up drawing down on calden but 
Casey uses his acting skills to distract him and until backup arrives. And then uses and skills are doing a lot of work right there. A lot of work in that sentence. He also randomly records his entire confession because cop movie cliche, of course. Of course he had a rolling tape recorder in his pocket the entire time. The entire chase, I guess. Oh, all cops? Yeah. Don't for they all? Yeah. And then the movie ends. Oh, well, we get the uh the the denouement where where we do see that Casey actually did rent out the theater and put on his production of streetcar that come on down here baby come on baby bring my baby that... down here uh we That's also get a sequel tease you we son of a, a sequ- bitch Do and we, we should have gotten a sequel to this movie because no, this movie's should... fantastic 51 million dollars this is I, say, I, I, I believe there are around 25 million reasons this did not get a sequel or i guess 25 negative 25 million reasons this did yeah. not get a sequel yeah, we're about a hundred million shy of of sequel territory on this one, but that's it. So, Hollywood homicide boys, how many beers are required? We're gonna go with the the the, the grumpy naysayer in an ascot first, Captain Cash. It's a scarf, thank you. It's chilly. I like my neck warmed. Ah, are you I podcasting mean, like, outside? It's not a good movie. So it's it's got to be at least three beers, two of which are pain. I I can't even say it's particularly paced well. Like I want to I want to give some kind of credit to the fact that it's not overly long and it just ends. So probably four beers, three pain, one eh, could be worse. Wow, whoa, kind of savage. Yeah, I uh, not good. This is a easily three high enjoyment beer movie for me and uh, maybe my vision is a little clouded because i love harrison ford but what i really appreciate about this movie is that it allows him to flex his comedic muscles because he is very funny as we have seen with uh, uh shrinking harrison ford's a great comedic actor he's he's fantastic in this movie i enjoy this movie a lot um it has its flaws. It is. It's a little too long. It has a little too many subplots. But other than that, I have no complaints. I love this movie. So three enjoyment beers. Three enjoyment beers. Cash is at three pain and one enjoyment. So I guess I'm going to come down in the middle here because that is my role on this podcast. So I'm Alex. going. I'm going. I'm going two enjoyment, one pain. There are some things you need to gloss over on this one to truly enjoy it. But overall, I'm with you, T-Dubs. I I think, obviously, Harrison Ford, you know, doing action, doing indie, doing Han Solo is, is his absolute best. But I think one of the reasons why I and many people love indie and Han Solo so much is that he's able to bring that comedy, you know, flair to to those situations um he's he's so good at that dry humor i i'm with you i think harrison ford is is wickedly funny and doesn't get enough credit as as a comedic actor because he's just so iconic as an as an action star um but yeah i i I like this movie too probably more than i should all right so we've got our beer rankings and that is going to take us into our first break We're going to refill our glasses with some paper top Stella's and we will catch you on the flip side. 
Welcome back, listeners. We are continuing the 222nd episode of Hops and Box Office Flops with our look at aging action star flops and 2003's Hollywood Homicide. We've gone through the tale of the tape. We've gone through the plot. And we have some lingering questions. So, gentlemen, let's get into them. Question number one. There seems to be some disagreement out in the the uh, the ether. There, do our do our leading buddy cops actually have chemistry? I think they do. I I thought they were appropriately mismatched and a good pairing. I I've always thought Josh Hartnett was a little green, and he's gotten better over time. But two thousand three Hartnett was still. I don't know if he was as up to the task to jockey with Harrison Ford as maybe I would have liked, but I thought he was good in this movie. I thought he was more than serviceable. I thought they had good chemistry. They were the, I would, I'll say this. I mean, there are problems with this movie. I don't think their chemistry is even in the top five issues with the movie. I would agree that the lead's performance isn't necessarily a problem, but you asked, do they have chemistry? The answer is not enough. If they had better chemistry and it was fun to watch them interact, right? And like, it felt like they were telling jokes to one another. Then I feel like that would paper over a lot of the weird plot issues. Cause you just have fun watching these two dudes. That's how, that's why lethal weapon works so well. That's why 48 hours works so well. Beverly Hills Cop, that's what this is based on, right? And it's just, it's not there. You might find an interesting Captain Cash. I don't know how how much you uh, read about this movie leading into the pod here tonight, but this movie spawned a decades-long kind of speculation of a feud between Harrison Ford <laughs> and Josh Hartnett that, you know, I think uh, I think the, the phrases that were used at the time in the rags was that uh, Hartnett called Harrison Ford an old fart and Harrison referred to Hartnett as a punk. And this this fueled speculation for years that these guys just hated each other, you know, beyond not even getting not just not getting along, but they actually hated each other. Recently, Hartnett has done some interviews where he was like, no, it wasn't that bad. Like we might have you know, had some differences along the way, but by the end of it, you know, we, we were all friends. We had a great time making this movie, yada, yada, yada. Cause I think the chemistry is good. I think I, I was surprised to, to see that because I didn't really see that show up on the screen at all. It seemed like they were having a good time doing this thing. I think the banter is a little drier to your point, but I think that's just Harrison Ford's style and Hartnett is never really an over actor, right? Like he's always kind of a, a subdued, almost like, are you stoned right now? I, it always struck me as strange where the quirk they've chosen to give hair or um, the, the quirk that they've chosen to give Hartnett's character is that he's a ladies man and women everywhere are throwing themselves at him. And he is not cool or attractive enough to pull that off. It just didn't line up for me. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah, I know you, I got, I know I you got issues with that. I know you read a lot of romance novels, but are you kidding me? <laughs> he's not I, cool or handsome enough. He's, like, he's a heartthrob. I just, I don't know. Like, 
just the way the character is acted seems kind of like like he's not weird enough to be the the hippie left guy who you know oh he does yoga that was so ye weird in 2003 like he's, he's not enough of that Josh Hartnett is everything Ashton Kutcher wanted to be <laughs> tell that to Demi Moore <laughs> well <laughs> but like he did better movies they have a very similar look. He's the better actor. And they're both explicitly played as ladies' men consistently. That's I just, I don't know. The humor that you would get out of that character wasn't there because he was playing it so him, you know? Kind well, of he was also like a very dude, innocent type. Like, oh, I don't yeah. want to be a cop. But he's also... He's, <laughs> Is it a serial sex haver, as we discussed? A serial sex haver. I think it's funny that he's like, I'm not sure if I want to be a cop while he's effectively reached the the pinnacle of being a police detective, i.e. Yeah. a plainclothes homicide detective at like 25, oh, yeah. 26 he's, he's years old. 30 like, years younger than his partner, who's yeah, wildly he's, in he's debt. <laughs> He's crushing his career as blues. Like he's destined to be a chief at some point in time. And he's like, I don't know about everything. But uh, no, I, I, I love actor. Hartnett's character. I really I, want I to be in a spearmint gum commercial. Well, that's so LA, right? Where where everybody's doing some job because they want to be an actor. Well, uh, usually it's a waiter. I think it's hilarious that in this in this sense in this movie they pick it to be a homicide detective. Yeah. It's great. But you have like you know we're going to talk about if this movie's funny, and that's why I think this movie's funny because it totally gets LA. When you have Eric Idle showing up as a guy claiming to be doing research and then he's calling the prostitutes by name as he's being escorted. That Hugh Grant dig. That was pretty good. Police station. It was so like, good. The movie gets L.A. You've got the dude, uh, you know, Gavlin is a real estate agent and he's trying to sell this house from this old producer to this, uh, you know, uh, mogul who owns the nightclub. It's like it really does get how ridiculous L.A. is. Well, I think that's, you know, to your point, where this movie, like I said earlier, kind of straddles that line between, you know, regular comedy and parody. And I think that comes back to, again, you say, it, you know, this movie gets L.A. Obviously, it's made by people from L.A., but it's it's Robert Souza, right? It's it's this co-writer. It's this former LAPD detective that is that is helping write this movie that's based on his own experiences as an LAPD detective. Like a lot of the things that happened. Like where the guy grabs the gun and he's shooting people while he's handcuffed. That happened to Robert Souza when he was a, an LAPD, LAPD detective. And I mean, that's cool and all, but that doesn't cover for the fact that just stringing together things that happened makes a good movie. Uh, that That's so much of what this movie's problem is, I feel like. Where, uh, I, I can't oh, this is the thing that actually happened. Scarf. This is what LA is really like. Well, cool, but tell the story with it rather than that's fair. bring that together yeah. as though that is the story. It does feel like a hey, here's six cases I was part of. Yeah, and let's just kind of throw them in a pot, stir it around, and if it fits, it fits. But who cares? Because right. you know, you've got, the, career. You've, got, you've got the Hollywood Madame who's like a part of the plot for no real friggin' reason at all. I'll tell you why later. <laughs> <laughs> uh but okay that's fair that's fair well uh 
TWs, you kind of uh, tipped my hand a little bit there. I know you. I know what your answer here is. So I'll let you go first. Is this movie funny? Objectively, this, is this movie funny? This is a funny movie. Harrison Ford's a great comedic actor. He never got enough credit for it. I'm so glad people are seeing that with shrinking, and he carries this film. He's fantastic in this film. His dry wit is tremendous. Is Harrison good, and can he be funny? Yes. Is this movie funny? Not, no, not really. Or at least not enough, right? And and it comes back to, I think, one of the things that we always run into when we talk about movies where we're like, eh. It's because it, it's not enough of one thing. It's not leaning on the fact that it's doing all the cliches enough to be a parody. And it's not funny enough to just be a straight example of the buddy cop trope. Well, and to your point and to what T-Dub said earlier, I think some of this movie just reeks of rewrites mm-hmm. where they tried to shoehorn in some comedy, which I personally think work. But again, to your point, I didn't find myself ever grabbing my belly and losing my mind. Not that that happens very often with most comedies, but there. But that said, you know, I, I see where you're coming from on, on that page. I do think this movie's funny. I, you know when they're doing the 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 chase of of Cairo through the the canals like that's and funny you know. the, the, yeah yeah and those you know, canals and, are like one of the more overused settings in California for movies golly you you think all of LA is full of canals yeah. the way they use that that area of the city in the movie that's uh uh role models same yeah. same place exactly same exact same, place exact yeah. same place i think they had a coat of paint between this and uh, role models; those those bridges were looking a little tired on this one. Um, so yeah, I I think it's funny. I see where you're coming from, and obviously, Captain Cash, seventy percent of Rotten Tomatoes critics agree with you, and over seventy percent of users agree with you. So, hey, T.W. and I are, are are in the minority on here. The pulse of what the people want. Sometimes critics are wrong. In this case, uh, they were wrong. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. I'll tell you, a critic that did like this movie, Roger Ebert. Boom. Nailed it. Wow. What did he have to say? He gave it three out of four stars. There you go. Roger. He loved their chemistry. So there you go. Huh. That's all I need to hear. So I question miss, number three. Raj. Even if this movie is a little lame, and I will give it that. Should it have flopped? Like, shouldn't Ford and Hartnett alone in 2003 have brought $100 million for this movie? You, I would have expected a break even. At least, break right? Break even is fair. I will say this. Uh, Harrison Ford, uh, and one of my recommendations I'll talk about, but Harrison Ford became a leading man very late in life, right? Like, he hit it big in his 40s. And he owned the 80s as well as the early, early 90s. But by the time this came out, like, and this is before sort of his resurgence, you get Han Solo comes back, etc. He was kind of dead at the box office. He was not winning at the box office anymore. He was not bankable. And and Hartnett... Witness. Yeah. Uh, Air Force One, etc. Yeah, so like Hartnett also 
the the uh, target audience for a Hartnett movie would not be a police comedy, right? Like it's 40 days, 40 nights. It's and, and his career also like kind of sputtered a bit, like, and that's why he took a huge sabbatical from Hollywood. But you know, his niche would have been, hey, I'm gonna be in these vapid movies where I'm the leading man, it's a romance movie, right? Like and what I mean, is the joy in that but, but, as an actor? Black Hawk Down is probably his most yeah, but his that's biggest. A, that's an ensemble movie. That's not at all a Josh Hartnett movie. That's an ensemble movie about It war. is an ensemble movie, but, but clearly he and Eric Bana are the two biggest But it's a, it's a Ridley Scott film, right? Like, yeah, you know, Ridley Scott, when they made Gladiator and... and uh, he wanted to cast people that weren't huge stars because he didn't want the stars to be the movie. Same thing he's doing with Gladiator 2, which is why they were like, oh, we want Chalamet. He's like, no, I don't want him. He's too big of a star. So like Hartnett was a heartthrob. Heartthrobs, people want to see heartthrobs in romantic comedies. This is not him. Well, no, but even then he wasn't like, that wasn't a huge hit, right? And that was one of his early shows. Yeah, so it's it doesn't shock me that this flopped at all. Retroactively, do I think in forty days and forty nights? Yeah, do I think like retroactively people would return to this and be like, oh, that's really good? And that honestly was one of Harrison Ford's last big hits prior to sort of the resurgence uh, of of Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm. Like that was a hundred million dollar movie. And what then movie? he kind of, uh, th- uh, oh, I, six days, six seven days, nights. seven nights, with six Anne days, H, yeah. seven nights, 40 days, 40 nights. Also, that's the part that yeah. people expect out of Josh. Sure. Hartnett. So, yeah. But that's sort of the, the price of being pigeonholed is the next handsome face thing, which is shit and terrible and it sucks. Speaking of handsome faces, question number four is not really a question. It's more of just a prompt. Dwight Yoakam, go. And it's guitars, Cadillacs, hillbilly music. That, that's really all I got for you. So Dwight Yoakam, singer of maybe the greatest needle draft in movie history, Terminator 2. But also, I think, one of the greatest musicians turned actors ever. He's, he's such a good actor. He's so good. And he's really good at being an asshole. He is. He's he doesn't get to flex a whole lot in this. But Dwight Yoakam in general is but a he, treasure. He outshines, unfortunately he's a terrible maggot. Guy he outshines now, but, Isaiah Washington in every scene. Oh by yeah, a long stretch. I know we don't like Isaiah Washington, and I, and I know that he is a decent actor, but. It's not even a competition. He's a homophobe, and he said a bunch of terrible stuff about that guy in Grey's Anatomy, so he can literally go eat a pile of shit, Isaiah Washington. He bullied his gay castmate for no goddamn reason. He's a pile of shit. It's not even a good show. And he got fired for it, so, I mean, there's that. We haven't seen him in shit since. People don't forget. They don't forget that, and they certainly don't forget that in Hollywood. that, That is the wrong profession to be homophobic. I, that guy's great. The actor he bullied is great in everything. He was the brother oh, yeah. on uh, The Flight Attendant. He was the abusive husband in 
11 63 he's a good actor and seems like a good dude and doesn't deserve to get bullied by an asshole so that's my piece on that but back to the real question at hand dwight yoko so is good. he is he better here or in the opening scene of wedding crashers oh i, I mean it's, here it's, i think it's him here. it's him and Re- rebecca de mornay in that scene right isn't that who that is rebecca de mornay i think so yeah that is yeah, one of the his funniest wife. the funniest openings of any movie of all time that divorce negotiation is fantastic i'm sorry i mean, I mean don't sell him short he's also in sling blade so and he's great and he's a fantastic asshole in sling blade yeah. but boy is you that know opening scene of wedding I'll crashers so myself. Good. i think i think the opening scene in wedding crashers because that's undeniably a better movie than this well yeah and he's carrying weight with some real comedy heavy hitters so it's, it's so good i gotta uh, give it to that it's a good one all right and our very last question, T-Dubs, I know that you're upset we never got a sequel to Hollywood Homicide. You you would have been first in line, camping out all night for the premiere for Hollywood Homicide 2. Frankly, I do not need a sequel to this. But I am surprised, however, this seems like a perfect premise for a TV show, a weekly show. It doesn't yeah. not. I mean, I've got a TV show. I don't see why this wouldn't. I mean, Lethal Weapon did a show, right? I never watched it. Why? Doesn't have the real Riggs or Murtaugh. So if you made this a show and it's 10 episodes and you get Hartnett and Harrison Ford, I'll watch it. But I'm not going to watch two busters play these characters. Let's stop. Let's just, 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 just (laughs) stop. Stop acting. Stop acting like Lethal Weapon and Hollywood homicide or even remotely the same property. Just just stop. I'm it. just saying the actors, right? Like I watched this movie because Harrison Ford's in it. If Harrison you... Ford is played by Kelsey Grammer, I'm out. Okay. But what if it's Don Johnson and Ashton Kutcher? I'm out. Oh God, you're I'm such a hundred percent out. It has to be Harrison Ford. Well, I don't understand after how good True Lies was on television. You can continue I to will. hate on God. television adaptations of fantastic film I properties. I swear to Christ, listeners, if you understood, if we weren't on Zoom, I would attack him physically. It's just, I don't understand it. Like, how can you not like it? It's the guy from Shameless. He's so good. It's a guy, yeah, playing. No, nobody can be Arnold. No. Oh. Just, you can't, no. Well, listeners, with that, I'm going to let Thunderous Wizard cool down for a moment or two before we come back from our second break with the competitive portion of our pod. Stay tuned. I know that you have purchased the entire seat in your automobile, but I assure you, for the competitive portion of this pod, you are only going to need the edge of it. We'll be right back. Welcome back, listeners. We continue our look at the fantastic Hollywood homicide from 2003. And it is time for the competitive portion of our pod. So tonight we have the Mount Olympus Trivia Challenge. And no, I don't mean the 
mountain in Greece where the gods live. I mean the area of L.A. with this monstrosity that Gavlin cannot unload. Tonight, we've got the standard five-question multiple-choice format quiz, and you'll be playing for an autographed playbill from Casey Calden's production of A Streetcar Named Desire. That's a framer. That's a framer, boys. Your chime-ins tonight, of course, are Stella! I'm not doing that. You dog, you. Or any one of the pod standards will suffice. Gentlemen, are you ready? Can I can I do my chime-in with uh, my bad Harrison Ford impression? Always. I'm going to shoot. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'm well done. Let's go. Question number one. As I mentioned earlier, Harrison Ford's character is based on Robert Souza. And I want to correct myself, listeners. I believe earlier I was saying Joe Souza, so forgive me. Robert Souza, a former homicide detective in the LAPD who also sold real estate for his last 10 years on the force. He gets a writing credit in this and has been a consultant on other police shows and movies. The subplot of Gavilan trying to sell Martin Landau's house to Master P is based on Souza's real-life attempt to sell Robert Evans's house to whom? Was it A, Tupac? Is it B, Dodi Fayed? Is it C, Ice Cube? Or is it D, Kevin Costner? Ooh, I'm going to shoot. Captain Cash. Tupac is too on the nose. Dodi Fayed is distinctly possible. Who is, it's not Kevin Costner. Who is the third one? Ice Cube. Cube or Doty? Doty. Captain Cash. That is correct. Yes! Uh, Doty Doty Fayed. uh, Obviously, for those listeners who who are young, may not realize that was the person that died with Princess Di in the tunnel in Paris. That was uh, Princess Di's boyfriend at the time of her death. Dodi Fayed is a was a Saudi financier who produced several movies in Hollywood. Uh, so he's got some IMDb credits. I did not know that until I was looking into this movie, in fact. So there you go. Things you learned. I uh, really, really thought about going Ice Cube because this movie seems to adhere so literally to this guy's life. I was like, maybe it was another rapper. It might have been another rapper. All right. Question number two. Lolita Davidovich. Is the escort service? Yeah, Adam. who you didn't welcome back because she's in Mystery Alaska. She Jackass. is in Mystery Alaska. Welcome back to the pod, Lolita, and she is the real life wife of director Ron Shelton. Just why we have the Hollywood Madam in this movie at all, and she's been in some stuff, including Mystery Alaska, but she even starred alongside Paul Newman in what? Was it A, The Verdict? Was it B, Message in a Bottle? Was it C, Blaze? Or was it D, When Time Ran Out? Oof, man. Deep cuts, boys. 
I do not think it is a certain one because I think that stars a certain other person married to a certain other director. But farts and tarts. Blaze. We're going to blaze. Blaze is correct. Message in a bottle is Kate Capshaw, correct? I believe that is right. Yes. I, I would have just been guessing. Uh, yeah, she uh, she plays the titular Blaze uh, in the oh. Ron Shelton directed Blaze, where Paul Newman falls in love with a stripper. Hmm. Like the rest. Does he usually cast his wife as a sex worker? <laughs> it it would seem so. Like you know. Well, she's a mad I'm not trying to, but you know, right? she's trying to send her a message. What, what's happening there? I feel like usually, like madams are like former escorts that yeah. just got promoted i don't kind of maybe maybe it's blaze after all oh no she's it's called ruby but still who knows gentlemen we are tied one to one going into question number three and that question is who was originally slated to be in harrison ford's role was it a bruce willis was it B, John Cusack? Was it C, Nick Cage? Or was it D, John Travolta? I was sure it was... I, I, was I sure thought you were going to say Costner, because you kind of led into that. I gave you a little Costner earlier, huh? Yeah, yeah. Little, little, I really, I little, really thought it was going to be Costner. A little How's Your Robin Hood. And I was going to say, like that's an infinitely worse choice for this role. Because oh, he, yeah. I, I love Kevin Costner, right? But Kevin Costner only plays Kevin Costner. He okay, has no, he has no humor. Pretty it's, much exclusively, Captain Cash. It's not Cusack. He's too young. It Cage, Cage was doing too much weird stuff. Who's that? Leave me, Travolta, and who's the other one? Bruce Willis. Not, not, not two thousand three. Bruce Willis. It's Travolta. Captain Cash, you are a true detective and you Logic. have deduced correctly, my friend. Yeah. It is in fact sense. John Travolta. That is two to one going into question number four. And he would have crushed this shit. I'm always about Johnny T getting roles. Travolta would have been good in this. He'd have been fine. The, I, I think I think Harrison Ford is better and older at 2003 for this role, but yes. Travolta could have done I mean, it. Particularly as a curmudgeon, I I can't. I'm not going to say Travolta couldn't do it. I just that's not generally his his job. No, I think Bruce Willis would have done a better job as the curmudgeon. Curmudgeon, yeah, but if he we, he was too young even in 2003. He he still had a couple diehards left in him at this but point. But if we get Travolta here, do we Three. get Charlie Wax? Probably not. Exactly. So, so thank God for Harrison Ford once again. All right. Two to one, going into question number four. How good was your detail watching in this movie? That's a terrible way to say that sentence, but you know what I mean. So question number four, what was Joe Gavilan's single malt whiskey of choice? Farts and tarts. Oh, without eating. Are you sure you want to do that before I give you the options? No. I feel like I <laughs> feel like I've Made a terrible error here, but yes, let's go for it. McAllen. All You're wrong. That was, D, that was D. So, T-dubs, your remaining so, options so are. 
hold on. So he's done. Like he he's done. He, yeah. he guessed. It, I, I, was, I took my guess. That right. was option. Here we go. D. All right. Uh, your remaining options, Thunderous Wizard. Do you want them? Yeah, I I I wasn't paying that close attention. Yeah, they're uh they're they're three uh usual suspects. So was it A Lagavulin, B Glenlivet, or C Lefroy? Oof. Now that I did that, I know what my answer would be. Oh, I'm getting so confused because last night I watched the holdovers and so did I, and it can't be your recommendation today. Yeah. That's you got too many, and I gotta have one. Well, you can recommend that, but it was also brilliant, and it was good. Everyone should watch it. I'm gonna go with B, and I think it's wrong, but the Glenn Livet, yeah, is incorrect. Yeah, I just I, cash. What's your, your what, what's your LaFroy. third guess? Cash is always that was your it second. It can't one. be Lafroy. It was Lagavulin. It was Lagavulin. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a good one, too. Don't get me wrong. I, I did like not LaFroy pay attention better, to that. That's me. But as you know, like I all I could think was Jim Beam in my head when as soon as like and that's obviously not the same thing, but uh damn that's it. it. Just Jim too, Beam. I watched too many movies. All right. So two to one going into question number five. Captain Cash, you take this one, you win. T Tubs, you take it, and you guys are splitting that playbill. I think you should frame it and then maybe six months at one house and six That's months at the other. Yeah, yeah. You know. No, the only way I'll ever send it to him is if he films himself doing the Stella Miles look. You know, makes me think I already have it. Maybe he's on Cameo. I don't know. Dumb self-respect. Captain Cash on Cameo. I only do streetcar. I'm sorry, we I'll only do... do... Any, anything you want, as long as it's screaming Stella. We only do 60s, Joel. That's... <laughs> It's exclusively 80s doo-wop <laughs> Billy Joel. For the longest time. Whoa. All right, question number five. Harrison Ford himself has ranked this movie among his worst. Which has he said is his worst film? Was it A, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? You know what? Farts and Tarts. It's six days, seven nights, isn't it? No, no is way. It, is it B? It's this? six days, seven nights, isn't it? Is it C? Six days, seven nights with Anne H. Or is it D? Firewall. Six days, seven nights. Farts and starts. Let's put Captain Cash is guessing six days and seven nights. No. It is really? Incorrect. Right. I think he liked flying the plane. That was well oh, reviewed. I can't believe it. That was well reviewed. All right. Uh, so your remaining choices are T Dubs, Cheeseburger. Cr- well done. If it's not Firewall, I'm walking out. I'm never coming back to the podcast. I've seen Firewall. I watched it because I love Harrison Ford. That movie is hot shit. Hot garbage. Yes. It's way worse than this movie. Harrison says it is, in fact, Hollywood homicide. He only did it for the money. Dude, get wow. the fuck out of here. Have you seen Firewall? I have seen Firewall. It's Firewall's very bad. way worse than this. <laughs> I'm so mad at him right now. I mean, I'm who so knows? Mad. Who knows when that quote came out? You know, maybe he was maybe he was having a day. But he did go on the record and say this was his worst movie. That's but with bullshit. that. What about random hearts, Harrison? Do you remember random hearts? 
because I do. It made so the I've watched list. All your goddamn movies <laughs> made the list. So with that, Captain Cash, you are taking home the playbill from Streetcar Named Desire. I will Della? get that in Della. the Stella. Playbill. It's coming your way. I'm I'm legitimately upset, guys. I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't do this on the day the Bills lost, too. Oh, my gosh. You'd be beside the yourself. Bills lose tomorrow. Bet your ass I'm flying to Cincinnati and attacking you. For the- when this, so, so, listener, if by the time this show airs, I am dead, you will have known what you is know what what happened. Did it. Look at ESPN and their scores, and you will know what has happened. Well, gentlemen, that brings us to recommendations. What do you have on tap? for us this week captain cash oh don't go to him he's gonna steal some of mine i've got so many i know you have so many so you have to go last i i really just have the one i i, I watched a haunting in venice the new hercule poirot movie that bran has been doing and yeah, it was pretty good supposed to be the best one so i mean of i i never saw death on the nile but i saw murder on the orient express I like Death on the Nile as well. Are there any cannibals in this one? <laughs> Not actual or otherwise. No. <laughs> was an Army Hammer in Death on the Nile? Yes, he was. Yes, yeah. <laughs> actual Sorry. cannibal Army yeah. Hammer? No. <laughs> you know, it's another one of those detective things. And while I think the the conclusion and how it was drawn was a little stretched. I did like the all the actors in it. Brana still does a great job as the goofy detective. Michelle Yeoh's in it. it you know, they're it's, ensemble. It's got interestingly, too. Yeah, I love ensemble movies always. And Death on right. the Nile, despite the cannibalism, was <laughs> still good. It was good. You re- like you re- despite the cannibalism. Boy, that's quite a that's quite a qualifier. I mean. Army's a lunatic, but he's not a terrible actor. He did say at one point, thigh, rare, <laughs> raw onion, pickle, ketchup, no mayo. I just end any Take sentence with, despite the cannibalism, and see where you land. It was a pretty good party, despite the cannibalism. Despite the cannibalism. I'm just saying, man, like, Army, he fooled a lot of people for a long time. He must be a pretty good actor. Listen, I had a man. great time at your godson's baptism. Despite the cannibalism. They were stuck between a rock and a and a hard place, okay? They could... Despite the cannibalism, yeah. they were. And aside from the sex, guy gives a pretty good haircut. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Captain Cash. Uh, we will definitely check out the haunting, haunting, in haunting in Venice. Sorry, I wanted to say a murder in Venice, and I just couldn't get it out of my mouth. Thanks, Thank you, uh, Stella, for making me mush mouth now. So we've had quite a long break since our last episode. Thank you for the holidays. Because of that, Thunderous Wizard has consumed, I don't know, enough media to fulfill most humans' yearly quota. An immense amount of media. So I'm going to go first before he does. Because I watched this movie last night. Because he told me to, mm-hmm. and I very much enjoyed it. Check out the holdovers. It is on Netflix. Is that right? 
Is that what I watched it on? It's on Peacock. Max. It's, it's on Peacock. On Peacock. Free, Free on Peacock, Peacock right now. Paul Giamatti. It's fantastic. Uh, great movie. I really enjoyed it. The other thing I did over break was I got the new Call of Duty and I enjoyed that. So if anybody wants to, you know, shoot each other, Bling Blake, come find me, Call of Duty. And uh, I'm sure I consume some other stuff, but I'm going to save those for future episodes. So T-Dubs, rattle off your laundry list of recommendations. Okay, so uh, The Holdovers was a big one because I watched that last night as well. And it's so good. And gosh, I yeah, I can't say enough about Paul Giamatti in that movie and the kid Dominic Sessa, and it was his first movie. So, um, But I watched Silent Night with uh, Joel Kinnaman. It's a John Woo action movie. And in my mind, uh, it's the perfect Punisher movie. It's probably the best Punisher movie ever made. And of course, this is very Death Wish. It's very any feel revenge, like fighting words, but go on. Any revenge movie ever. So the guy's son dies, loses his mind, decides he's going to train and murder all these people on Christmas Eve. It was awesome. I loved it. I bought it. I loved it. I'm very happy about it. This is a Harrison Ford movie, obviously. And if you love Harrison Ford like I do, there I don't is... think anyone loves Harrison Ford like you do. There's a documentary on Disney Plus, which is about Harrison Ford and basically the role of Indiana Jones. It's called Timeless Heroes. I wish it went more into his entire career, but I'm sure there was rights issues. So it's mostly about Indiana Jones. So if you love Indy like I do, it's great. But they don't they don't cover too many of his other roles. And obviously... They mentioned a few things, but not many, probably only things they had rights to mention, but it was really well done and particularly poignant. If you think about ass clown Ben Shapiro talking about how Kathleen Kennedy is the worst movie executive of all time. And it's like, you're so painfully stupid because um, you learn a lot about her. I mean, she started off as Steven Spielberg's like secretary or she was a receptionist for Steven Spielberg. Like she's a legit like movie person who's done a lot of incredible things in the movie industry and the fact that uh morons like to pick on her is so stupid but uh so definitely watch that uh, another good documentary bye bye barry about barry sanders which is free on amazon and uh basically the best running back of all time i don't think it's really disputable and that was great I watched a bunch of other shit, but I guess I'll just recommend both Crocodile Dundee movies because they're so much goddamn fun. <laughs> and I watched them both. And I've seen them I, both many, many, many times. That took a turn I did not expect. Well, did not think the 40-year-old reference to the Crocodile yeah. Dundee movies. I love tonight. those movies. And one thing I never realized until I got older was that Crocodile Dundee was not well-reviewed. And I actually like that way better than Crocodile Dundee 1. Because it's a stupid action movie. <laughs> and I'm just a sucker for stupid action movies. So, But they're both so great. They're great. The first one's a great fish out of water film. One of the better fish out of water films ever in terms of comedies. So definitely watch those. They're both free on Max. And I could recommend other shit. Like I read this book about Predator that this professor wrote. And it, it kind of goes in all kinds of different directions. But... If you love Predator like I do, it's called Predator, a memoir, a movie in obsession. It's called, it's by Andrew Monson. So check that out. 
those are just a I don't few think things. anybody loves Predator like you do. Yeah. Uh, but I did watch a lot of media over the break. And uh, now I've, I've made a life decision, listeners. And you're all here for this now. I'm not watching any comic book movies anymore until Superman Legacy comes out. I'm done. I'm over it. I saw I'm Aquaman 2. Deadpool 3. Okay, God damn it! I'll see that one. Uh, okay. I, I saw Aquaman 2. I liked it. I thought it was actually a lot of fun. I didn't think the bad reviews were warranted. I, I thought it was like Tango and Cash in the Ocean, which is cool for me. Because oh wait, Tango wait, and hold on, guys. Yeah. Hot take: <laughs> T Dubs is defending a DC property. Who could have seen that coming? Uh, no, but I, I mean, I also watched Rebel Moon, and I and I thought it was trash. So movie's good uh, shut up no it, it was bad i like uh, that movie it had interesting ideas and it was terribly done and you, you know, know this is coming from a person guys... with a snyder cut tattoo and a batman versus superman tattoo it i was... just don't understand why you guys can't just turn on a movie and just it was a shut bad the movie. fuck up and enjoy it, it. Movie. Oh my it was God. edited horribly well, so man, we'll wait for the rated r cut but Regardless, so I'm going to watch Deadpool 3. That's it. But I'm solely dedicating my life now to old men killing a lot of people movies. That's it. That's all I'm watching. I'm going to watch old men. Again, I was really not sure where that sentence was going to go. I was prepared for it to go somewhere weird. Like, I'm going to watch The Bricklayer starring. Yes. <laughs> yes. Starring Aaron Eckhart, directed by Rennie Harlan. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. The Beekeeper. Uh -huh. I'm just watching old men kill people. That's Did it. Did you watch Equalizer 3 yet? <laughs> Not yet, but I, I, that's coming, believe me. Yeah, put it on there, man. It's yeah. great. It's a good one. Uh, I, I'm I'm totally dedicated to the old man <laughs> killing people genre. We got excited. Uh, I mean, that that is our next three weeks, obviously. And I got very excited. I was like, oh, we can probably do an Equalizer movie. No. Until you found out they're hugely no, we successful. Cannot. Yeah, because. Yeah. The Denzel Hive will watch anything he's in. Dude, he is a very handsome man. He's a great and actor. He's a very good actor. Yeah. But he's got like he's got the biggest fan base, I'd say, of any actor that is of the 80s, 90s generation. People will watch anything he does. Anything. Which is why he will never be uh what's his face? Kang. Oh yeah, bullshit. Yeah, no way. If he was King the Conqueror, maybe that would bring me back. I also like Coleman Domingo, so I feel bad saying I won't see anything. But honestly, after the Marvels and after Ant Man, I'm done. I, I'm done. I what if? I what if? What if John David Washington does Kang? He could do it. Yeah, he could. Do it. He's got good genes. So remember, listener, you can find the show on Facebook, Threads, and Instagram. At hops and bo flops, you can find myself on Threads and Instagram at hbof bling blake. Yes, I did steal that uh, prefix from Mayor McCheese because, well, he's missing, and if you see him, well, he's dead. Please dead. call he's us. Like literally dead. We can't prove that. No body, no crime. Don't you uh, remember the end of Hollywood Homicide? They found a body on a ranch. He's, I mean, he might be out there. I don't know. They also found half a body. Yeah, that was him. 
That's McCheese. Half a hamburger. I'm not going to stop putting up flyers. Did you know I'm his high school stop. nickname was Klepto? Oh, no. Oh, no. The Thunderous Wizard can be found at Writer TLK. Captain Cash is at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. Chumpzilla, who was on sabbatical and will be rejoining us at some point, can be found at Chumpzilla8 on X. That X platform that we don't talk about anymore. It's going to give it to you. X. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And please do connect with us on those social medias to share ideas for future episodes. If we are left to our own devices, listener, you're just going to keep getting more of this. And who wants more Hollywood homicide? Not me. I want one. I want one. Who has two thumbs and wants more Harrison Ford as Detective Joe Gatlin? T-dubs. All day. Do you think maybe uh, Detective Gavlin gave up on the real estate game and got his psychiatry license? And that is actually maybe the the character from Shrinking? Changed his name. I like it. But he's not dating the psychic anymore. I feel like they went all the way. You think they made it? Yeah, I think they made it. Ruby and him. Wow. Well, she would have seen it coming if it was anything other than that. She saw him coming all right. Oh. In the end, listeners, remember one thing. Yes, I do understand my rights, but you know what? I don't like to remain silent, and I don't need an attorney because this is all bullshit. We will see you next week for our second installment in our Aging Action Star Flops series with Killing Gantha. Ooh, Gantha. Gantha. Guten Tag, Gantha. Can't wait to see you, Arnie. See you next week, folks.